All right, if you've got your Bibles, throw me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We've been, if you've been here for the last several weeks, you know we've been on a subject of faith. And we've been dealing with faith. We're going to, uh, we're going to complete chapter 11 tonight. And I'm not sure if we're going to go into chapter 12 or not. But we're going to complete chapter 11 uh, tonight. Uh, and so I want, you to, I want you to look with me in chapter 11. Look with me at verse number 30. And then we're going to go down to verse number, go down to verse number 40. Amen. Oh, let me say, it's good to have Rick with us tonight. I was going to say that earlier. Amen. And uh, it's, it's good to have him. We've, we've missed you, Rick. And it's good to have you sitting back here. And uh, he's, he's come back with a cross uh, goatee and a three-wheeler. Man, he's, he's done something since he went to California. California does those kind of things to you, I guess. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> maybe I can talk to Karen into riding that three-wheeler with you sometime and We'll, we'll go out and get us ice cream or something. All right. That's right. I'm sorry about that, Brother Larry. Uh, of course, he's not a stranger. He, I, I, I wished we could just hold on to him, but he told me tonight that tonight is his last service. They, he got laid off uh, Friday, and so he don't know when they're going to call him back or whatever, but uh, y'all pray real hard. They'll call him back pretty quick. And uh, <laughs> We've been, uh, we have, we seriously, thoroughly, Brother Larry, we just want, you know, we've thoroughly enjoyed you being in our services. You, you're a, you're a wonderful inspiration and great man of God. I, uh, whether you, whether you know it or not, I've, I've learned a lot from you and, uh, I've gained some wisdom and, uh, and, you know, just some good insights. So I appreciate all the things we've, and we, we ain't hung around a whole lot, but so you, you've done good, but we appreciate, we appreciate you and your wife and the being here with us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had, were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, Samson and Japheth, and also of David and Samuel and the prophets. We're going through a, a chronological event of time and history here in this, in this latter part who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, ordained or obtained promises, and stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. I want you to listen to what these words are saying here. These, these guys went through all of these things that we're talking about right here. They quenched the violence of fire. They, they escaped the edge of the sword. Out of, out of weakness, they were made strong. They become valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, and yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains. It's a bummer. They went through all of that stuff, Brother Michael, but they still didn't receive the promise. Of, of payment. Worthy of uh, a pat on the back, so to speak. We expect that, right? For the most part. Now, I know we can say, oh, that's not me, Brother Danny. I'm, I'm, I'm good. But really, we all enjoy that pat on the back. We do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But these guys here, they, they went through all of this stuff. They were slain. They were tortured. 
Well, I didn't mean to go this route, but, but let me just let me preach to you just a little bit. Let me get on a rabbit track here. But we want to leave the church because the preacher didn't call me. We, we want to get mad at the preacher. And I'm just using me because it's easy to use me, all right? It could be you. Let's get mad at Brother Adam. No, I'll just use me. Because, because he didn't speak to me on Sunday. Now, we, we can say, oh, me or ouch or whatever, but that's really where we are today, really. It really is. And it's sad, but what we're talking about here is faith, to, re, to build our faith up to where it doesn't matter of all these things, Brother David, no matter what we go through, we're still going to receive the promise. It may not be here, but it may be over there. But whenever it's going to happen, we will receive the promise. How do I know that? Because he's promised us that. He's told us that we'll receive the promise. Now, I know probably all of us in here, we, we understand that we're not, we're not better than anybody else, and we all feel that way. We, we, we get that, and that's, that's, that's okay. But the Bible says here, all of these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. But God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They didn't receive the promise. Now, some of you remember, if you've been here every Wednesday night, you remember several weeks ago we talked about superheroes. We talked about Superman and Spider-Man and all these superheroes, you know, that we know today that we, that we watch on television. They've been movies remade and remade out of these, these characters. Well, when you look at this chapter, it shows that, that we also can be incredible with our faith. When you think about it. These guys here, when he talked about the walls of Jericho and, and the harlot Rahab and Gideon, Barak and Samson, all of these guys, we, we tend to look at these guys as super biblical heroes. But the truth about it is, every one of us are like Gideon. You remember what Gideon said? I'm, I'm the least in my family. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. Why, why are you calling me a great man of valor? Why are you looking at me and calling me something great when I'm nothing? I'm the least in my family. And what I want you to understand is every one of these guys that we've talked about tonight and many others, they were just common, ordinary folk like you and I. But they, re they, they received the inheritance that God gave them. And, 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 and like us, we too, just common, ordinary folk, we also can do incredible things for God through faith that will rise up within us. We've got a list of people that we talked about tonight who, who, did in, who, in, who endured incredible things for God. The Bible talked about they conquered and they escaped and they overcame lions and, and they became powerful and miracles even took place in their, in their presence. And in and, 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 and this book of Hebrews here, we, we look at this story here and the bottom line is that these people, they did great exploits for God simply because they chose to trust in God and allow their faith to grow in God. They're God's incredible people. You and I are God's incredible people. And so I want us to look tonight for a little bit at what the writer here says specifically about these folks and what made them incredible. I believe 
with all of my heart, and, I, and we talked about this when we, when we dealt with these superheroes, that God wants us to be world changers. He wants us to be people that can change the face of humanity and change our community for the good and for the better and all of that. And I believe that God wants you and, and I to, as we go out into our jobs or, or our peer groups or wherever, to, for, for, for people to see Jesus in us. You say, Pastor, we can't do that. Boy, that's just a hard world. Well, yes, we can too, because the Lord told us that we could. We can do incredible things when we allow his, his message to come through. There were thousands of starfish. You've heard this old story on the, on the sea bank one time. Little boy come happen walking by on this seashore, and he began to take those starfish, and he began to throw them back. You remember that old story? And a gentleman come up and said, I don't know why you're doing this. There's thousands here up on this, up on this seashore, and there's no way you're going to be able to throw, and it's not going to matter to anybody. And he threw one more back. He said, well, it's going to matter to this one. I may not get all of them, but at least it'll matter to that one. And so we get this concept in our mind that there's so many things that we've got to walk through and so many things that we've got to deal with that the, that the, that the job, so to speak, is insurmountable. We can't, we can't do it. But here, here's the thing. We, we just got to start with one. We just need to start with one and take time with one today. And I was thinking about this. Even this morning, we, I had a guy to come this morning. And he was needing some help, and we talked for a little bit, and I got to talking to him. And he got to telling me his story, and he got to weeping in there. And I was, to be honest with you, I was busy. I, it was a busy, busy day. And I was getting ready to go run three or four errands that I had to get done today. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, I, got, I just need to go ahead and give this guy some money and get him out of here. But the more he talked, I said, I can't do this. I've got to listen to what this guy is saying. And he began to talk about his faith and how he, he, he got off on the wrong trail and how both of his marriages ended up, uh, you know, not good and, and all his children that was not living right. And he just, he wasn't living right. And he said, I've got, I know God has been calling me. I know he's been after me, but I've just not slowed down enough just to accept his call. And I said, you know what? I said, God's not left you. You just got to go back and find him where you left him. He's there with you. And I was able to talk to this man. But here's the thing. I talked to this guy probably a do half a dozen times today because the problem that we had, finding help that he needed because of shutdown going on. And back and forth, we went all day long. Not all the during, the, but every, you know, every now and then, every hour or so. And I got to thinking about this with this little guy throwing that star. Well, it matters to this one. And so what if I said something maybe? They may help this young man settle down and say, God, i got to have you. i got to have you back into my life. This is the point I want to make to you tonight. We've got to learn to bring our weaknesses to God. Say that with me. Bring my weakness to God. And we've got to learn to bring our weaknesses to God by faith, and then God will enable you to do great exploits. See, it's nothing with you. It's nothing with me. It's all about Him. But what He's looking for is an open willing vessel, an open, willing conduit that his spirit can flow through. And as soon as we talk about superheroes or, or being incredible for God, we think of these people that, and we, and we tend, as we said earlier, we, we put them on a pedestal that these were super great guys, but really they were just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. It shows that the men and women that God uses, we know this, are weak people. We're weak vessels. How many weak vessels we got in the house? Now, if you didn't raise your hand, you're, not, you're lying to yourself. 
Every one of us are that way. We're weak vessels. But when God comes in and God ministers to us, He strengthens us. He enables us to do the impossible. He helps us to stand in the face of difficulty. He helps us, helps us to stand in those moments that we, can't, we don't feel like we can stand anymore. He helps us and He gives us the strength that we can make each and every day possible because He is on our side. Amen. Verse 34, it says that in their weakness... They were made what? Strong. They were made strong. This, this Greek word here, weakness, simply means feebleness. You're feeble in mind or body. Uh, and so we've all probably have been there before in our mind and body. When you look at the Strong's Concordance, it may mean a weakness morally even, one who struggles with sin and frailty in that sense of terms of disease or sickness. It can have those, those three or four meanings there. And, and, and really that would describe all of us in some way or another throughout our life. But God is not looking for those, listen to me, He's not looking for those who have no weaknesses. He's looking for folks that does have weakness. Because when we have weakness and we allow him to move through us, he is made to light up a little bit more. He's made brighter a little bit more. All the glory belongs to him. It's not about us again. It's all about him. And we give him all the glory that's due his name. Amen. One of the examples here in the writer's mind that he talked about was Gideon, who, when the angel called him a mighty man, a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor, he looked around, he, and he, he just tried to look around and see who this mighty guy was. <laughs> he, had to, he had to learn that, that this angel was talking about him. When he, when he was told of the, of the job he had to do to take on the Midianites, he, he didn't make no excuses. He said, look, man, my clan, they ain't nothing. My family, my clan, they're the weakest in our tribe. My family is the weakest. I am the least in that family. I'm the least. You don't know what you're talking about. My family is the weakest. I am nothing. I'm nobody. I'm too young to die. I don't want to go out there. I am nobody. But we know from Scripture that God used this guy, this young man, to become a mighty warrior, a mighty warrior who overcame an army of tens of thousands with only 300 guys. Why? Because he chose to step out in faith. He chose to allow his faith to grow. And I believe with all my heart, God, in these last days, I really do, that God expects you and I, and I think he wants to use us to do great exploits for him. Not that, not that our pride can be built up. Not that we can say, look at, have people say, oh, look at him and look at her. Uh-uh. For his glory, for his glory. You say, well, I've got this disadvantage, pastor, and I've got this disadvantage, and, and I may do this and I may not do that, but the Message Bible says it this way, so they were protected from lions, fires, and sword thrusts. They turned disadvantage to advantage. They won battles, routed alien armies. They beat them in the face of all of these difficulties because of Jesus Christ. See, they were, they were made strong, and if they were made strong, then so can you and I be made strong. We could be made strong. We can be strengthened. We can be enabled, in other words. People lacking in the ability, they found that ability that they didn't know that they had. People that had that disadvantage found that God turned the very disadvantage that they had into an advantage. Can you imagine how Goliath felt when little David, little ruddy-faced David come, come running at him? Man, he, he, he said a little bit in the Scripture. He said, man, he said, I'll feed you to the birds of the air. What are, you, what are you coming out here, you little, you little, you little, little, little fella? What do you mean coming out here like that? David, he, he, you know, it, it almost appeared now, you have to, I would have to imagine, let me just put it that way. I would have to imagine that there had to be a little bit of apprehension in David, little David. Now, he, 
He trusted God. He had faith in God, but he didn't know if God's going to deliver him or not. But what he did know, God helped me with the bear. God helped me with the lion. God done that. And if God can deliver me with that, then he's the same God. He can deliver me with this big old Goliath. And when Goliath come running to him, he went running to Goliath. The Bible says he put a, he put a stone into, a, into his, his slingshot, and it, he slung it. It sunk deep into his head. And the Bible said, now you may have not, you may have not caught this. Sometimes we think that, the, that the, what David done and he fell down, that killed him right there, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible said David run over there, got his sword, and thrust the sword in him and killed him. And then cut his head off. And then took the head with him. The king called him back. He, David's walking in. Can you imagine this little guy? He's still walking in this head of this Goliath. What's up, king? <laughs> and the king, he, he, he got his captain. He said, who is this guy? Find out who, this, find out who the father of this guy is. I, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet the daddy here of this boy. Can you imagine what they... What they but, it was just simple, ordinary people doing extraordinary things because of their relationship with God. They were made strong. And God used that disadvantage for an advantage. One of the things that I'm learning, and I'm sure that probably you're learning too, that in, in, in my weakness, in my pain, in my frailty, God empowers us to cope. God empowers us to get by. Now, I don't mean to... Bring up yesterday. But you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a great point right here. I don't know what it's like to lose a child. Some of you do. I don't know. I don't have a clue. But it can't be easy. Can't be easy. But you and I, yesterday, we watched a miracle. We watched a mama stood up here and buried her baby in the face of difficulty, in the face of hardship. In the face of, could, I have no control over this. But she stood. Oh, yes, yeah, she wept. We get that. That's part of the grieving process. There's nothing wrong with that. And I have saw that happen several times in my, in my ministry, and even in Dad's ministry as a boy. I saw that happen with, with people coming up to, that, to, that, to pay their last respects to that loved one and how they would just lift their hands and give God glory and give Him praise. To me, that's a miracle. That's, that's God taking that that impossible human nature stuff and making it possible that we can cope. We can, we can make it the very next day, amen. Although they were weak, although they were weak, they were given the strength. They found strength when they were weak. Lay all of our weaknesses, and that's what you and I have got to learn to do. We've got to learn to lay all of our weaknesses before Christ, before God. We've got to trust God to use it and turn it into strength. Again, it's nothing in my own strength, but it's all about him and what he's able to do. Amen. And so we've got to learn, church. Listen, we've got to learn that we've got to bring our weaknesses to God. And God can use our weaknesses if we'll just let him. And he'll make us strong. Second point I want you to notice tonight is we've got to be prepared, be prepared for it's not going to be easy. Let me, let me go back and let, and let me show you what I'm talking about here. Through faith, they subdue kingdoms. They stop the mouths of lions. I, I don't want to do that. Have you ever stood beside a lion? They're huge. They quench the violence of fire. 
Matter of fact, I don't know where, if Roger's in here or not. I love the story that Roger tells about his son-in-law, Tony, that uh, went on a safari hunt. He killed this, this, this female lion, had it stuffed, full-body mount, and put it in his bedroom at the end of the bed. One night, it was a little stormy, lightning and thundering and coming through the windows. And he said when it thundered real loud, it woke him up. And when it woke him up, the light of that, uh, that, that lightning and thunder uh, flashed in the window, and he saw that lion like to scare him slap to death because it's so massive and so huge. He knew that it was dead, but it still scared him slap to death. I got a little old bobcat in my office, just a little old small bobcat I, I killed and had mounted in my office, and his little head turned around. I put him in the living room several years ago, and Karen said, do not leave this animal in here. I can't stand that animal looking at me. It's dead. It's not going to do anything. I've had that stuffed animal in my office, and I've had people come in there, ladies especially, to need help, and they'll see that little, 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 uh, what I say it was, a bobcat in there, and they'll go, they'll go down, I, I kid you not, they'll go down there, and they'll, And I said, it's okay, it's not going to bite you. It's dead. And then finally, after a while, they begin to pet it and all of that. It's amazing how, how we look at these things. And so we've got to learn, we've got to, we've got to be prepared because it's not going to be easy. These guys went through all kinds of stuff. Women received their dead raised to life again. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, all these things that they had to go through. You've got to be prepared because... There's sometimes it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. We're not promised an easy ride, are we? We're not promised a rose garden. But I think most of us have found that out probably. The writer of Hebrews here makes, makes mention of people escaping the flames. Talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, when you think about that story as a kid, you didn't think a whole lot about it. But when you really do some looking at it, that's a powerful story. I mean, a powerful story. These young guys. They were prepared to be burned to death. They had, already, they had already settled it in their hearts, in their mind. You know, King, I know what you said. We're not going to bow. We know what you said. You're going you're gonna to turn that furnace up, and we're going to get thrown in there. We understand we're going to burn, but, you know, but it just could be. God could, could, could deliver us. But if he don't, then that's all right. We're still, we're still going to go in, and we know the end of the story there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they're, they're confident that God could do them. But even if it doesn't, even if it didn't, they said, they're not going to worship the image the king had set up. And so we know then from Scripture that there's going to be challenges. There'll be lions at times, spiritual lions that may devour us and flames that consume us. But God will be, he's promised that in his word, that he will be with us. He will be with us. Jeremiah was stoned to death. Isaiah, traditionally, it's been said, was sawn in two under the evil king, Manasseh. Sawn in two. Whoever said following God would be easy. Now hopefully we, none of us is going to have to go through any of those things. But I will tell you, we've got to be prepared. This old world, as you and I know it, is not the same as it used to be. It's not the same. When you look at the Psalms, the beautiful Psalms that we read and we, we love to memorize and we love to preach about, most of the Psalms were born out of difficulty, out of difficulty. Most of the epistles were written while folks was in prison. Huge majority of them. Most of the greatest thoughts of the greatest thinkers of all time had to pass through the fire in order to write those things. 
Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress from jail. Florence Nightingale was too ill to move from her bed, recognized, reorganized all the hospitals in England, they said, semi-paralyzed. Pasteur was timeless in his, in his attack on disease. Sometimes it seems, though, that when God is about to make a, a preeminent use of man, seems like at times, maybe not all the time, but it seems like that he'll put man through the fire, through the test, and God will use him mightily. He'll use him mightily. To be incredible, to be a hero in that sense of what we're talking about for God will mean taking up our cross and following the Lord who went before us. And so we've got to be prepared because there's moments in our life, and, and all of y'all know that it, it, won't, it won't be easy. But while we're walking down that road, this is the last and final point, we better keep focused on the goal. Keep focused on the goal. Now, I, 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 got, I hope I'm not saying this out of a, a, a wrong attitude, or, and if I am, then Lord forgive me. But I, I'm going to tell you something. Now, this is just me. You don't have to amen me. I get a little aggravated when I look across my television set and I see, and I, I made a statement about this Sunday, that men and women burning the American flag. I get a little aggravated when, when they want to put more, more uh, uh, thought on a gorilla than they would a child. I get a little mad, a little, little righteous indignation rises up within me when, when they want to spend more time in the media on the gorilla and they've had that they said, I heard tonight over 60 or 70-something uh, terrible shootings in Chicago, but nobody has covered that. So where's our values anymore? Where are the values that we have that, that what used to make America great is not, is not making America great anymore? And we talk about all these issues all the time. And, 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 and whether you like it or not, it's a money-making business. And people will make money out of it. I'm not going to call any names, but I, I, I promise you, I can throw you some names out. And they begin to make a livelihood out of, out of the disorganized structure that we, that we call America anymore. Or our thought process and all of that. So the point I want to make to you tonight, we have to, in this, in this turmoil time, we've got to learn to keep focused on the goal. Keep focused on the prize. Did not Paul say, I, I'm running, I'm running for the prize. You may not got in when I got in, and I may not have got in when you got in, but we're going to cross the finish line together. Amen. And I've got to keep my eyes upon the prize. It's a high calling. And I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got, to, I can't be allowed to be to be bombarded with all these outside <coughs> interferences that's going to get in the way. I've got to keep my eyes on the prize. Every one of these people in chapter eleven that we've been looking at, they stayed focused on the goal. They were ultimately aiming for the ultimate prize, not the World Cup, not the NFL championship. Not the baseball championship and all those kind of things, but they were, they were running and racing for the gold medal of heaven. They wanted to get the prize of heaven. Amen. So what is our goal tonight? What is our goal? What are we aiming for? Is it accolades? Is it recognition? Is it fame? Is it, is it comfort? Is it, is it a, a fine retirement and all of those things? And all those, there's nothing wrong with any of that, but is that our main focus? There's a, there's, a, there's a better goal that we need to look forward to, and that's, that's heaven, amen. It's God's approval. It's being able to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's being able to hear him say, you've been faithful over just a few things. You don't have to be perfect. Just be faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many.
Ain't none of us perfect in here tonight. None of us perfect. I'd be scared to ask us if you'd be honest with yourself and me and everybody else. Uh, how many of you messed up today? How many hands would go up? <laughs> Probably every one of us. We're not perfect. But Jesus said, look, you've just been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. I love this little story. A little girl was taking a walk one evening. It was right at dusk with her father. And she was beginning to look up in the skies, see all the stars and all of those things. And she thought for a little bit, and the dad could tell that she was really doing some deep, deep thinking. Finally, the little girl opened her mouth. She says, Dad, said, uh, if the wrong side of heaven is so beautiful, what must the right side look like? She has the right perspective, doesn't she? I said yesterday, if you was at the funeral service, Thursday morning, real early, it's about 6.30, I guess, 6.45. I was walking over to Ruth's house. And uh, it seemed like, now I don't know if it was, I'm just telling you how I felt. It seemed like the sun was shining a little brighter that morning. It seemed like the birds was, was singing just a little louder and a little more prettier, I guess. It just seemed that way to me. And I, and I remember as I walked over there, we got about halfway, and it seemed like the presence of the Lord just spoke to me and said, just think what Annette saw when she breathed her last breath on this life, when she breathed her next breath in heaven. Just think about what she was able to witness. If, if I can enjoy what God has blessed us with here, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know about you. You may not be an outdoors person, but I love being outdoors. I love the birds singing. I love the freshness of the air. I love the early morning freshness and it, the, the new day. You know, I, I used to enjoy when we was, was little, and I, now I don't enjoy it as much now as I did when I was growing up, but, and I don't think I ever really told Dad about this, but I enjoyed going deer hunting early when it was dark. You know what I'm talking about, Scott. We used, to, used, we used to go hunting. I don't know why we had to get there at dark time. Dad always just thought you had to get there before dark. I don't know if there was a deer thing or what. I don't know. It was almost like the deer wasn't going to listen to you at nighttime. I don't know. Some of you deer hunters, you don't know what I'm talking about, but anyway. But we'd always get there. But I enjoyed sitting on the stand and watching the day awake. And if you've never done that before, you don't know what you're missing. You need, you need to get up and try it sometime. Go out in the woods. Just get out there all by yourself, if you're not scared anyway. Get all out there by yourself. It's good, isn't it, Michael? You see, and the day begins to break, and things begin to come alive, and you begin to hear things, birds, and it, you, you begin to hear the forest coming alive. And it's, it's a wonderful. Can, but can you imagine what she experienced when she breathed that first breath in glory. I read some things in Revelations, Brother Adam, where there'll be streets of gold and there'll be a crystal sea and there'll be gates of pearl and there'll be all these wonderful colors. But then I also read a story where it says, I hadn't seen. <laughs> no ear hadn't even heard. Hadn't even begun to even comprehend the things that God has in store. And then I wonder, how, how can we turn away from God? How can we turn away from this God that's blessed us with life? How can we go back of what we received? These people here, they had to go through some trials and torment and stuff, but they understood who God was. They didn't get the promise, but they knew where the promise was lying. They understood, Brother Parker, where it was, where it was, where it was going to be. The end result of that was, I may have to, I may have to die on this life, but my promise is coming. Yes, Hallelujah! Yes, I may not get it on this life, but I'm going to get my promise. Amen. Sooner or later, 
we wonder, well, Pastor, why, why are you seem to be so passionate about, because this is what I'm telling you is truth here. You think, sometimes we think this life that we're living is just, is just all there is. I'm going to tell you, this is not all there is. Some of you guys have been living, you know, 50 years and 60 years and 70 years. That ain't nothing. Your life is a vapor. When you get on the other side, then, baby, you're going to start living. <laughs> you're going to start enjoying the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. If this side of heaven is so beautiful, Daddy, well, I just wonder what the right side of heaven is going to look like. Everybody needs something to aim for. We talked about this a few weeks ago. An athlete trains for their event days in and days out. Good weather, bad weather, doesn't matter to them. Football players, soccer players, whatever, they train. It's what keeps us going when times are tough. We need a goal. Going is hard or easy because if we're not careful, we, we begin to ease off. And I, I, well, I really think that's where we are sometimes in the church. We have a little problems that come our way and we start easing off. We start doing other things and we start listening to this one and listening to that one. Instead of keeping our eyes on the prize. Keeping our eyes on what's, 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 what's real, in other words. Heaven waits and we can't forget the goal. I believe that God wants us to be incredible. We can be incredible. If we'll bring our weakness to God, let Him use us. If, if we're prepared to put up with the tough times. Has anybody ever had tough times before? You ever gone through some tough times? Yeah. If we keep focused on the goal, we can be a people of influence, people who make their mark. We can make a difference. We, we, we have been, we've been, uh, sometimes... We've been soft pedaling at times, if you will. We've got to keep the pedaling up. We've got to keep moving. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to stop making excuses about how, how weak we may be or how weak we may feel, how frail that we may be in the face of God because if we're frail, if we're weak, see, that's where God, that's where God does his best work. We, and that's what we've got to recognize. I know we get weak at times. I know we get frail at times. But, Sister Jeanette, if I could recognize if, if I'm that way, that's when God can come in and, pick me up and strengthen me and all of those things. That's where he can take me where he wants to. That's, where he can do, that's when he can do something with me. I can be pliable then because I'm not strong enough to, 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 fight, to, to argue with him. I say, okay, God, just take me and do whatever you want to. All right? That's where God can do his thing. That's where God. Stop making excuses and frailties. See what God can do with them. There's a little boy one time in the New Testament. Used his little sack lunch. Turned it into a banquet of 5,000 people of men. Remember that? But it's ultimately eternity. Story after story we could, we could talk about tonight concerning how God can take the little. Remember the old song we sang, Little is much when God is in it. <laughs> little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God's in it. And he can take us. He can take in our weaknesses. He can take our, our uh, frailties. He can take our moments of grief. He can take our moments of, even our moments of frustration. And he can turn it into something good if we'll not let self get in the way. And that's what we fight. That's what we fight with all the time is self, right? We fight with flesh. We fight with the flesh of things in our way. I've done it, you have too. But if I can allow God's spirit to come in and control and let me follow his voice and follow his command, He'll take me and do great exploits through me.
and through you as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your many blessings. We thank you for your touch upon our life tonight. God, I, there's times I'm overwhelmed by your presence. There's times I'm overwhelmed by your spirit. There are times, oh God, that I feel like that because of actions maybe I've done or things that I've said that I'm not worthy of your glory and your presence. But God, you just see somehow in some way to come down and give them to me anyway. It makes me realize, God, how insignificant maybe I am, but how significant you are with me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I can understand from moments, God, that we are more than conquerors through him. Not in our own strength, but through you that comes in and gives us the strength to put one foot in front of the other. We are made more than conquerors. We're able to stand in the face of difficulty. We're able to stand in the face of hardship. We're able to stand in the face of loss because of your strength. Increase our faith tonight, God. Increase our faith. These guys that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, they they done great things for you because they trusted in you and they had faith in you and they relied on your presence and your word. God, I'm living in the New Testament time. I'm living in the presence of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit is guiding me and strengthening me and comforting me that they, that they possibly didn't have. But God, today we're, we're blessed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, how he guides us, ministers to us day by day. Now, Father, I pray that you take these words that we've spoken tonight. May it enrich our hearts, enrich our spirit. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.